Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by our folks at Fox Racing. BTOsports.com. Anything you need for your biker body, go there. Use the code PULPMX when you're checking out and save big on anything in the sport. Anything you need. Biker body. BTOsports.com. All new website. Super easy, super friendly, and uh, free shipping over a certain amount of money. And uh, overseas guys. BTOsports.com is the place where you got to go to check it out. Best prices around. And, of course, Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Ryan Dungey, Ken Roxon. Kenny Roxon is wearing Fox gear right now, and he is destroying the 450 MX class. I don't think that's just a coincidence. Perhaps if you get Fox gear, your local race, you can just destroy everybody. Check it out, foxhead.com. We thank those guys for presenting uh, on this show. This is the Red Bud Wrap up, of course. Uh, every week we do these things. We wrap it up, and uh, joining me as as usual, uh, my two friends, uh, the online editor of RacerX, yeah, and the voice of NBC Sports and MAV TV, and uh, sometimes NBC, yeah, and used to do the webcast and KTM dealer intros, GNCC's quad, G- and quad and GNCC racing shows. And don't forget ATV motocross, ATV motocross, Mountain Dew ATV motocross championship. This this is this is the man, Jason Wygant. Also on the line, uh, f- WPS Fly Racing uh, Tales brand manager, uh, busy out hawking fly racewear to everybody, and uh, wishing um, that he's going to be coming back for Germany to dominate Germany once again. We'll see. The Jason Thomas. Hey, JT, you're fly uh, racing huge in the ATV motocross series. Also, there was some we guy in the tower watching the races in full fly gear. Helmet and neck brace and everything, and I'm like, when he had number one on his back, and it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't uh, a Ryan Villapoto or anybody like that. It was a number one. Yeah. He rode. He was out there yeah. on the track. He did. He did a parade lap. Yeah, I was asking. I'm asking around. Like, what is this guy doing? Is this just a fan? But it's the it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Doug Demokas. There's a guy on a quad loose on the track. It, 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 yeah. John Ayers. I was informed that it was a quad champion, and he did a lap. Yeah, I didn't know, but. He kept his gear on the whole first set of motos. So, yeah, well, okay. with gear like that, you don't want to take it off. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> presented by Fox Racing, the BTOsports.com. RacerX podcast presented by Fox. Um, all right, Redbud. Um, let's talk. Wygant, Thomas. Uh, let's talk first, I guess. Uh, Weed, you had a guest in the booth for the first motos. Yeah, that's right. Um, the ghost of Grand Langston was able to show up despite a. <laughs> Gnarly night, Friday night. I was impressed that he's that we're talking about 
People, I wish we could talk about Grant Lexington <laughs> like a little more, a little more in detail. But let's just say he's he's climbing the ranks of of just epicness. Just yes, because the cool thing about GL is like he's proud of what he does. He gets the job done when it matters, so it's it's okay. He and everyone knows it. Like there's not a. It, it's so much like working with Jim Holly. Like, there's no one that you can s- explain something about Langston to that they're not like, oh, yeah. And then one time we did this. And, oh, one time, like, everyone's in on it. Everyone's cool with it. <laughs> Just the overall epicness. I mean, you and Williamson, who were with him in the KTM days when he was probably, what, a teenager? Right, yeah, whatever, 21 or something, yeah. Well, Stories I, are the same. Yeah. Stories are the same as they are now. He's 32. Mm-hmm. No. Just GL is GL. <laughs> and he totally owns it. He totally owns it, too. Just he, doesn't shy away from it. He's having a good time in the booth this year. Yeah, he's having a good time going to the races. He's enjoying himself at the races. I, was, I don't know why I was dumb enough to think like like Friday night. I he didn't have a rental car because he drove up from Muddy Creek mm-hmm. with with one of the guys from Thor that he's friends with. So he didn't go to the airport in South Bend. So he didn't have a rental car. And they're like, uh, hook up with GL. He might have to drive him back to the hotel. And I don't know why. Like I think everyone knew. Don't even really worry about it. <laughs> It's Redbud. Right. He'll he'll find some place to hang out. He doesn't really need to go back to the hotel at like six PM on Friday. <laughs> right. I don't know why I even considered it. But we had to be there at seven AM Saturday morning, ready to shoot on camera. Six fifty nine. Comes rolling up. Comes rolling ready up. Oh, fantastic. Ready to go. Grant Langston. That's uh I would say that's a relative term, ready to go. When I saw him at about eight fifteen. I can't imagine how ready to go he was an hour and 15 minutes prior to that. Yeah. Uh, well, he's doing a good job. No, he, he really yeah. does. I think this is the best show we've done yet, too, so it's yeah. not catching up to him at all. No, 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 if no. You, no. If you look at what he's been through every night to do such a good job, it's off the charts good. <laughs> oh, good job. Grant Langston. Um, Ryan Villapoto showed up, too. Remember him? Oh, yes. He did, yeah. and uh, hey, honestly, with RV, you never know what you're going to get out of him either. He, but uh, the RV I saw was good; like he was in a good mood. He was happy. He was pumped to be there. Um, how'd you think he did? Sure, it? that was going to be the case. How'd you he think he's angry at the world? Yeah. How'd you think uh, the world last saw him? He wasn't even happy about winning a Supercross title, right? Uh, he was. He was in good spirits. He really did a good job on the show too. Uh, through the years of him being injured, we've had him on here and there, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's pretty much not good. But this time, this was by far the best he's done. I don't know what the deal is, but he was he was excited. Hmm, that's good. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. texting me a couple times asking me if I watched him. Yeah, and I haven't watched it. And he's like, I killed it. I killed it. I was positive. I was positive. Because I, I, I had mentioned to him on, on Saturday that, dude, just stop. Don't bag on everybody. Don't sit there and when they show rocks and be like, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd handle that guy or I'm better there or whatever. Because he would do that. I could see him doing that. There so. was a time in 09, I mean, because it's every other year he basically races outdoors, right? <laughs> right. So Cowie had him there in 2009, and that was when we were still doing all these pre-shows on the internet and post-shows and all this stuff. So at some point I was interviewing him. He was so miserable. He was at Washougal, and he could not have not wanted to be there more. And this is, I think, when he was pushing probably 200 pounds. Remember, this? Yeah. Remember that RV? <laughs> right. So... He had no interest in anything involving motocross, and he was. First of all, I'm like, uh, I'm like, hey, have you been watching the races this year on TV? He's like, TV shows suck. He goes, the announcers they have are horrible. Me being one of them. 
<laughs> like the announcers are horrible. They need to get Pingree in there. Pingree's the man. They need to get Pingree in there. Everybody else sucks. <laughs> so good for Ping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, eventually, like, between takes or whatever, you know, you kind of have to make small talk, and he was just so miserable. It was, like, driving me insane. Mm-hmm. I was like, I cannot make fake conversation with this guy for two minutes between shots, and it's just awkward to sit here because he's so yeah. moody. Yeah. And then I was so done with it. We were on, like, this monster stage, which was maybe, like, six or eight feet off the ground or something. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to have to take the long walk when we were done down the stairs, like, with him and continue the conversation. So I'm like, I think I can just turn around and just jump off the side. <clears throat> so I jumped off the side, and I swore I blew out my knee right there. It's, but it was better. It was in, like blew out. It was better than talking to Ryan Villapoto. Yes, I was like, I will take this eight foot jump to the bottom of the stage. Right. Do not have to walk down these stairs with him and try to keep the conversation because it, it was just one word answers. Everything sucked. Uh, so, um, totally did, good on Saturday. So, what kind of sense did you get in talking to him about about next year? First of all, this he revealed quite a bit about the nature of his injury, which, as we've made fun of on this show before, was this mm-hmm. absolute like nuclear code secret until now. Right. He said that when he got his ACL done two years ago, it was never quite right. They decided to go with the cadaver ligament. He didn't feel it was quite right. He knew it was going to go again at some point. And then he said right after round four, he was just riding at home, didn't even crash, caught his leg. He knew it was blown out. And then he was basically just limping the rest of the year with his knee taped up. So they've tried to hamstring one. That didn't work. They tried the cadaver one. That didn't work. This time they're trying the patella tendon um, surgery, and he's hoping this time it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, each time you go in there, then he just gets worse and worse. So yeah. he's got a long road ahead of him. But I was thinking, like, what? So, oh, it was a torn ACL. Would, did anybody actually know that? Yeah. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I thought it was just he has an injury. He has a knee injury. No, well, no. Yeah, maybe we knew, but maybe he didn't. Maybe everyone he was never knew. put out there like what the injury actually was. Yeah, I get a little confused on what we actually hear and right. what's actually put out. Yeah, I, I think it just said he has a knee. You know, that the, all it came out was in one press release, and it didn't say what it was. It just said a knee injury. So, um, yeah, he was good. So you know, he said he's a long way off from riding. But, you know, some of the stuff we're hearing, you know, I, I think we can talk about it here. We said it before, like, you know, he's over it. He's burned out or whatever. He doesn't want to race anymore. I mean, he didn't let on to any of that, you know, when we asked him questions. He yeah. kind of, like, laid out the same general schedule you would have coming back from an ACL ride. So we'll see. Yeah, well, I think he's still limping pretty bad. Well, yeah, he said he's only just off crutches. I guess that's why he wasn't even coming to any of these. I think it was six weeks on crutches, so he's probably just six weeks out. Hmm. You know, went to yeah, there you go. a week yeah. or so. Well, the so, – the word on the street is that he sold his property. So yeah. take that for what it is. Uh, and yeah, also I've heard the house in California that has a track too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I heard okay. that. Yeah, I found oh, that out. Yeah. I heard that too. Yeah. Yep. I think I really – there's something to this going to Europe. I got three or four guys I know in Europe, good friends of mine, that are telling me it is done, sealed. That's the word in the pits. He's going to ride with Rattray on KRT Cowie, which is – the factory Cowie team, Paul Lin's going to Honda. Done deal. I don't believe it's done by any stretch of the imagination uh, like my friends do in Europe. But there is something to it. And I, if I had to say, I, I'm going to say he's going to Europe or he's retiring. I do yep. not think he races in America next year. Those are the two I would bet on as well. Yeah. What do you think, Weege? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I give him credit for 
because I think we all know that something's afoot, and that's why I was really worried with him coming this weekend. I'm like, oh, man, mm-hmm. how is this going to go? He really did a good job of playing the part um, for the weekend. He seemed fine with everybody he was dealing with or doing autographs with or doing our show, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't sway me. Like, something's up. Like, he, he's got one more year in his deal. If you're planning on racing one more year, what, why couldn't you wait one year to sell off your riding yeah. facilities? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, like the price is going to tank in one year and you need to sell now. Oh, right? there's, there's no way, in my opinion, that if he's planning on racing a full schedule or at all next year that he sells that place now. No yeah. way. Yeah, well, what's the difference? You're going to get the same amount of money a year from now. What's the difference? The guy who it's bought it is Mike Grondahl, who owns Southwick, Alias, Planet Fitness Gyms. Mostly Planet Fitness Gyms is uh, where he's made his m- money. His kid uh, rides and races. He's also part owner of the Geico team. And I guess the word again is that this guy paid well over market value for this land. So RV basically had let it go. Just like, yeah, sure. So, you know, the, the he could have sold it next year. That I don't know if that's exactly true, but... Anyways, he did. He did. Oh, I sell. think he. I think he had other plans to sell it when the time was right. Mm-hmm. But this place is way too vital to the program that he's been on to sell it. Like it just doesn't logically make sense to mm-hmm. sell it unless he's got other plans in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's my that's my thinking. Anyways, I don't think we see him in America racing. So, see, I him, agree. He was Chad at, Reed he just over it. Or was Chad Reed five years ago. I think a little bit, man. Yeah. I'm just saying you made that exact prediction before. Oh, oh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we will not see Chad Reed race. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I did. I struck <laughs> out on that one. Um, but I did say Jeremy Martin was going to win this weekend. So, um, I think there was a different, there's a difference there, though. Chad still wanted to race. He did. He, he did not want to quit. Where I think Ryan, I think he, he's there. I don't think that yeah. he has much desire to race right now. It's really strange. I feel like um, every guy that's gotten to his level has a story of getting to this point. Um, not even that long ago, we had Stewart on uh, the, the night I did the Pulp Show with you, Steve, right after Vegas. I don't know what year he said it was, 2010, 2009, something like that. He said he was done. He was ready to retire. Um, you know, Chad, I think, has said in those years where he was on Sam Manuel, he's making a ton of money, but he hated it. Carmichael, I remember him saying... You know, if he hadn't torn his ACL and missed 4 Supercross, he would have retired. They all get to that point, but then for some reason they end up not quitting, and then like three years after that they're happier than they've ever been, and then they're pumped to be racing. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the difference. Will Villapoto, they all have the down part, but will he never get to the <laughs> up part where he's like, actually, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Now I'm 28. I really appreciate it. Uh, Wyndham did practically retire at one point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, uh, I was talking to somebody uh, who's close with Ryan and – we were talking about, you know, sort of his attitude and what he's going to do and this and that. And I said, what? Like, he's probably got $10 million in the bank. And this person was like, oh, no. Oh, no. He probably has $20 million, $40 yeah, million, I would say $20. $40 million in the bank, this guy said. Yeah. So, Not 40 I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I, think, I think 20 is probably a yeah. close number. Right, right. So, you know, there's that, too. All right, let's. Uh... Yeah, but every one of those guys has said that the, you know that was pretty much the point in their career where they were making the most money and maybe even had the most success. But that's when they hated it the most. So, mm-hmm. but they all get to this point. But most of them don't actually quit, and then three years later, they're actually glad they didn't. Yeah. So is this yeah. gonna? It doesn't sound like that's gonna be the case here. Yeah. Well, interesting. Let's see what happens. Yeah. He goes to Europe. It should be should be great. He goes. 
stay off Vital MX for a while. Oh. Um, the question will be, though, if he does go to Europe, it doesn't sound like he's, you know, the, the Alden Baker thing is, I just don't see that ha- that continuing, If he, especially if he goes to Europe. I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. What does that do for him? You know, I, I think that my opinion, which means nothing, that the best Ryan Villapoto is right. the, the current Ryan Villapoto, the, the one on Alden Baker's program. So mm-hmm. if he goes over there and he's not on that program and he doesn't take it as seriously maybe, what does he do? Because I think he needs to be on that program to go beat Cairoli on his home soil. I, I really believe that. I don't think he can go over there uh, maybe taking it a little bit easier and enjoying it more and still win. I don't, I don't think, see that happening. So He's the American national champion. <laughs> and I think that's, that's all well and good. He goes over there prepared, <laughs> he wins. He doesn't, he loses. And I think, I think maybe just from my own experiences, and I obviously I've never had a career like he did, but I've been in these shoes a little bit where you regret not giving it your all years later. Yeah. You look back yeah. and you're like, man, I really shouldn't have done it that way. Those guys haul ass. Everyone judges me off that. Those guys haul ass. There's no doubt about it. So yeah, yeah, you got to be. He's going to go there one year and give this GP a shot. He's. I, I implore him, just as as a retired guy looking back, to do it right or don't do it. Right. Just do not go in there and embarrass yourself. Don't do that. Well, should be interesting to see. All right, Red Bud. Let's talk. Let's talk Red Bud now. Um, Man, uh, what a, what a day! What a perfect day! Sweet Jesus, was that a nice day? Um, maybe the best redbud weather we've ever had. Uh, what was more impressive? Um, let's go. Let's talk. Let's talk that weed. Who's more impressive, Jeremy Martin or Kenny Roxon? Martin was awesome. There's no doubt about it. I don't want to take anything away from him, but to me, the clear answer is Roxon. Um, Martin had just- to. Martin had to answer it, man. Yeah, but he got beat straight up by Webb. I mean, you can't say that he was more impressive than Roxon when he when he didn't even go one one. Ah, I give him the one one. Okay, well, I, you give him the one one. Yeah, <laughs> you might want to yeah. let AMA know or make <laughs> ah, you... whoever does the scoring or Cooper Webb. <laughs> yeah. yeah, any of the well, above. I got a photo of 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 uh, Jeremy winning in Lakewood. I'll just use that. Really? Okay. <laughs> That's sort of the, the the justice they have, so we'll just do that for the wins. Now, um, I'd like to see. We should make a race report one time on Race Rex, totally inaccurate, and just see what the comment section does. <laughs> <laughs> the next time, if there's a race that ever falls, Saturday ever falls on April 1st, that's what we need to do. Kenny, uh, Kenny starts eighth in the first moto, gets to fifth, gets to third, and then in one lap goes to first, and it's game over in that first moto. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's that's more yeah. impressive. Again, I'm not yeah. taking anything away from right. Martin. It was impressive what he did bouncing back. Just he, 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 he answered it. But Roxon, Roxon's been. I think it's pretty obvious at this point. On average, he's been the best guy. He's not just a points leader, but he's been the best guy. But he hasn't been this much better. No, no. You were you were there when we were talking to him after the race, right, Weech? I was talking to him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I said I didn't think you'd be this good, he was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of like. <laughs> A little like, of course I was going to be this good. I don't buy it though. You know, I think it's a, it's a surprise how be, how much better he is right now. It's a surprise. Well, he, actually, when you said that, I was a little confused. Did you mean that day or this year? Or this both? year, this year, this outdoor this outdoor season. Yeah, yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. We we all said, and I know there were a few that 
that said, no, Rockton's going to be right there. So they were right. No. But, I mean, we were thinking it's Stuart Dungy, 1A, 1B, and then. Yeah, Roxon you know. will get some wins for sure. He'll be right there, podium, regular podium guy, all that, but not this. No, um, and then Redbud, you know, Dungy's been darn close the let whole me, time, but yeah. he was not close this time. I've always been there for Jeremy Martin, Weed, so let me let me be there for him again. Um, <laughs> first moto, he's leading the thing. Here comes the four. Here comes the Chupacabra. Late race fitness is, is on point. Uh, won the last bunch of motos, looking great. Reeled him in. Probably less than a second behind him, and Martin just digs out and pulls in to the lap, to the last laps, going faster than Blake. That's pretty good too. I'm, my case oh, yeah. first, my case of Jeremy being better than Kenny, more impressive than Kenny. That's all. No, it was good. I'm okay. not gonna lie, yeah. it was a great performance. I'm not taking anything away from him, but yeah, you go out there in the 450 class and get a bad start and blow by those dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I know Villapoto's not racing. I know Stewart, who won two weeks ago, was, you know, not even in that gra- in that pack. Uh, he was down by the time Roxon got there, but whatever, man. Right. Well, 450 class, there's gnarly dudes. 26 points now on Dunge. So, pretty good. Pretty good lead. Um, yeah. Tomac second, JT, 4-2. Really, uh, I feel like second, third, and fourth uh, – Tomac Dungey Kennard, uh, toss them up, toss them up, and stuff. They're, they're all, they're all pretty good. Like they, it could have gone either way. They were pretty equal. I was a little surprised at Dunge a little bit, but uh, I guess he had a, his goggles broke, so that was one issue he had. But uh, those guys were all pretty equal. Yeah, he had, he had a didn't he have a rear wheel problem also? He did. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, I don't know if it's front or front or rear, but he cased Larocco's <clears throat> leap and blew some spokes out. He said too. Hmm. Yeah, so I, it, he definitely wasn't as good as I thought Ryan would be, but I know he had some some problems, right? right. Goggles and wheel and all kinds of things. So I don't want to judge judge him off that. Um, I think he even said that he had an off day, though. So yeah, uh, take that for what it's worth. But I, I agree with you that those three uh, were were really close. Um, you know, like you said, you just draw out of a hat who was going to finish where. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If Tom, because because Tomac is kind of was not as good as Dungey, then this weekend he was as good as Dungey and much closer to Kenny. Does he continue to rise up? You know, I, that's that's the only thing. I think Trey and and Ryan will be pretty close um, at times. Well, but I don't know hmm. where Tomac goes. I don't know if he continues to improve or if if you know he's going to stay in that pack or or where. I mean, he's only been back this is the second race and he's already. Uh, arguably the second best guy from looking at the second moto. So, yeah, did, didn't was he not fastest guy again? Who was fastest qualifier? Oh no, Kenny was. Yeah, Kenny, yeah, Kenny was, was by by a yeah. fair amount. Um, it's strange a little bit how Trey can be so off at Muddy Creek, and like we saw at High Point, good this week, you know. So yeah, he said he did some testing. I know you're very big on that. Um, said so they, you know. Improved the bike a little bit, which who knows if it was better or not, but mentally could have been, you know, that yeah. sometimes that's all it takes. Well, there was nobody getting in that group of four. James no, Stewart, I mean, no, even. They were, when, they were whites out better than everyone else. Stewie was fifth when he went down. Fourth or fifth? Uh, fifth. Um, I don't know if he would have got in there, Weege. I don't know if he would have got up there. Like, he was not sort of motoring past those guys. I mean, it was early, but, you know, tough weekend for, for Stu. 
Yeah, but um, the only <clears throat> the only uh, real sample size you have is what the first three quarters of a lap of the first moto. Like he was determined to get to the front. Like he was going balls out, crazy yeah. balls, yeah. whatever you want to say for Stu. Like you could tell he was like, okay, that last weekend sucked. I got all this stuff behind me. <clears throat> I'm going to go try to win this thing. Yeah. And then he crashed into Josh Grant, maybe because he was riding like that. But he did look darn fast for that three quarters of a lap. I haven't watched the race today. I meant to, and then I got busy. And he he, he was the first. I think he jumped that double at the bottom of the ski jump immediately. Passed some dudes there. Was trying to get uh, Grant for like fifth or something. Fifth, yeah. And then that was a that was a dumb situation. Shouldn't have been in that situation. I mean, hey, this is this is what you get with Stewart, though, right? Um, well, who, there's the, the that, good side and the bad side. That it was his. That it was his bad bad move on Josh. It was his fault. Like, uh, it's either his fault or it was neither fault. It definitely wasn't Grant's. Yeah. But the bottom line is, if Stewart hadn't tried to pass him there, nothing would have happened. Right. 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 So he was definitely trying to rush right. the pass. I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of thought it was a racing incident, but definitely, if anybody's fault, it wasn't. It was definitely not Josh Grant's <laughs> was, fault. Yeah. Right. But right. It, right. I didn't really. Outside. Yeah, I didn't blame Stu too much. Uh, I just thought he was he was trying to be aggressive. I, I've definitely seen worse moves, you know, stuff that was, you know, more ill-advised. But it, he was trying to get to the front, so I'm, I'm, you know, not that critical of it. Just one of those deals. Yeah, you can't really wait, wait around much, you know. So um, I mean, it kind of hit like really, side. It would have been interesting if he didn't crash there, and Roxon was obviously on a roll coming coming from further back than that. Like, mm-hmm. what would have happened? Isn't it funny? Those two haven't really raced each other at all. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. not really. Even in high, even a Roxon happened to have worse starts. They never really yeah. set up. Yeah, yeah, at high it, point it exactly. Been a good test, but hey, you got to not crash, dude. Well, it's two bad races for Stu in a row, and then he goes down hard in the first turn, in the uh, a second turn in the second moto, like pretty good crash. So of course he had a terrible gate pick. So, uh, yeah, well. Stu's out of this, by the way. He's not going to win this title. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. It's amazing how quickly it turns, isn't it? Right, right. I mean, he was he had cut it from like fifty to like twenty-two or something right. in like a week or two. Yep. And now he's right back where he was. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Short, five-five, fifth overall. Another good day for Shorty. First moto was good for him. Second moto was a big battle with with Grant for a while, and Metcalf was up there and went down. Chad Reed was right there. It's like a clear division of guys, sort of. We had our next group of B guys or whatever, the, the B group of guys. It was amazing how both motos kind of turned out to be like that a little bit. Although Shorty in the first moto was kind of by himself because he was in that opening opening lap. He was able to get clear and sprint a little bit. But JT, Chad Reed, 8-7. Are we, are we on track? How are we, how are we looking? Uh, I thought it was better. I mean, he was... He, I, just as that whole pack he was with, mm-hmm. um, there was no contact with the first four. You know, that's, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. But he was in that pack, which he hasn't been. Uh, the Josh Grant, Short, um, who else was there? Metcalf. Yep. He was with those guys. So that was that was a step forward, I thought. Uh, much, much better than Muddy Creek. And he didn't get tired, which was, uh, I was happy to see that. Uh, he He was consistent, and he didn't lose touch with those guys, and he... He was still charging at the end and all that stuff. So, yeah, obviously not what, you know, I think he would consider a great day or anything right. by any means, but well, definitely improvement, and I, I think that's what it's all about. You know, Muddy Creek was kind of a step back and frustrating and all that, and, uh, 
you know, Redbud was a little bit of a, you know, step back forward. So just uh, all you can do is keep working at it, no, really. I'm I mean, just it's, checking. You know. you're, you're, you were the panic button master. So. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, you no, right. you were the one telling us when we could press panic and when we can't. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I yeah, said so. if he doesn't show improvement right. in the next three, then right. it's game over. So. Right. Do you get over to talk to the JGR guys at all, Weege? Uh, yeah, it was an entire uh, flight with the entire crew. Oh, well, that must have been epic. JG, obviously, who flies California. Right, that must have been epic. Yeah, it was pretty good even Cole Seeley along for the ride because he's yeah. staying here the next three weeks. Yeah, Seeley's down with Brighton. Uh, LeMay's with Shorty, by the way, too, so he's training in Texas, so. A lot of guys moving. And Jesse Nelson sent down to yep. be the guinea pig for Ken Roxon to chase. Yeah. So Kenny has someone to ride with. Right, right. So yeah. kind of guys m- moving all over the place. Um, what did you think of Grant and Brayton's race or what those guys think? Uh, Brayton was a lot happier with this one than he was um, yeah. Muddy Creek for sure. I think Because that battle you mentioned, that like B group battle, I think he was, I think he was in that at times. Kind of were close to it. He was he? right there. Yeah, he was sort of trailing it. But if anybody made a mistake, right. he was he was going to get him. You know. Yeah. So I think you take that because I think he's just like you know, if he started ahead of him, he might have beat those guys. You start right behind him, you stay with him. So that's I think the group he would expect to be in two weeks into it. So I think he was happy. Grant, meanwhile, he has been. I feel like he's been quietly consistent. Yeah, six six. Been pretty solid. Like right. not what we usually expect from Grant. Not winning one moto and then crashing on the other. He's just been like fourth, fifth, sixth ish. More often than not. Mm-hmm. What happened to Patty? <laughs> what happened to Peppermint Patty? Yeah, that's uh, Brayton's mechanic. Broke his leg falling off a ladder. Ah. Oh. Like, can't you just say that it was something else? Right. You fell off a ladder. Come on, Patty. Like, you couldn't. I was riding. Just say you were riding. I'm sure. I'm sure Coy hasn't had fun with that at all. You know? Actually, my favorite part of the entire weekend, and there was a great weekend overall. <clears throat> But uh, I guess Coy was sick all weekend, and as we're taking off this morning, he bolts to the bathroom. I'm talking literally as the plane is taking off. The plane is accelerating, the nose is coming up, and then he runs to the bathroom. You can't do that. And there's, like, mass hysteria for the flight attendants because basically he's headed either for the bathroom or the cockpit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Did they make him sit down or? He, I guess, using his football skills, they could, he was he was in there before they could stop him. Oh, he's very stealth, very quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the rest of the guys are all like, "He's sick. He's sick. He's just sick. You just got to let him go." And then, I, I, if anyone's wondering, you really don't have to sit down during that process because he managed to get in there, do whatever he needed to do, and then just walk back to his seat while the plane was literally <laughs> taking off, and it was fine. Yeah, he didn't fall and the plane didn't crash. I've seen people do that, and I've seen the the flight attendants just yell into the speaker, "Sit down, sit down." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, really? Like it was first class, you know? and I really do think, like, you know, in first class they pretty much let you do anything you want. Yeah, they don't really enforce the table being up or the seat being upright. They don't no. really care. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the difference. If a guy from first class bolts, ah, right, try to. Give an attempt to stop him. My, really my move. Yeah, but all the all the nine eleven guys are in first class. Were they really? That's, that's true. Oh yeah. They didn't try hard enough. I can tell you that. <laughs> the uh, the uh, my trick, my move is to get the last row in first class, and I never I, I recline my seat the whole time. Never never move it up. Yeah, They'll, you have to have a hard never. wall though. Oh well, I think there's yeah, there's always hard walls on United. I guess. Okay. So. 
Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, hey, Frederick Norton. I, he did better than probably we all thought. Weege, I don't know how much you talked to him or how much you touched on it, but, yeah, he only rode the bike one time like a week and a half ago, and then he rode his KTM all week. You know, he's headed to California now to practice and, and, and get used to the bike and test and everything else. I, JT and I both predicted a little bit of a rough weekend for him. Hey, in the first moto, he came from like 38th to 17th after a first lap, first, you know, third turn fall or whatever. Second moto, he gets a start and he hangs in there pretty good and gets a 10th. It's pretty, pretty decent. Good debut for the Swede. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I have to think that top 10 is like the, the goal, like the only realistic goal yeah. they can have. I don't think they could possibly expect much more than that. Yeah, I mean, his, his, first, his, first, his second motor out, he got his, his season best, you know? Yeah, so. and I think when they were making this decision, <clears throat> I think that's why a lot of people thought they might go in a totally different direction, you know, you know, get town lay or something like that, because it was like, okay, Noren's been pretty good for a privateer, but still, is he going to be able to deliver top tens even on that bike? Well, yeah, there you go. Awesome. Yeah, what do you think, JT, of Fast Freddy Noren? He was good. Uh, the first motor obviously went down. Uh, early and then um you know he moved forward fought yeah. the whole time and the second moto was kind of what i thought i thought he would be able to get a good start on that bike uh and then he he rode solid you know he kind of got displaced from the the front guys which is to be expected i think mm-hmm. but then he i mean he stayed there you know that was his best ride of the year and uh you know as i've mm-hmm. been saying the the bike is a key part of this you know equation not the honda though you never liked the honda well, yeah, I mean, maybe he does. The, the Honda guys aren't happy with you not liking the Honda either. Okay, well, that's fine. Um, My Honda deal will suffer. Yeah, yeah greatly, for sure. Um, yeah, the Honda guys were like, we heard you were trying to find out who we were going to replace, or or replace, um, blah, blah, replace uh, Barsha. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm in the media. <laughs> I'm like, I was trying to find out. I think Freddie told them. You know that I was grilling him or whatever a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, kind of funny. But um, all right, um, what else? Oh, uh, Weston Pike crashed in the first moto, hit his head. That was it for him. The RCH truck was gone, out of there. <laughs> they pulled a JGR Weege. Oh really? Were uh, they? Uh, they? I think they were out before the next for the next moto. I'm not sure, but I think yeah, they were. Yeah, they said before. I guess Tedesco was going to race this one. Yeah, he got he sick. Go to- yeah, then he got sick. Yeah. Yeah. Got sick. Christian Craig came out of retirement. There you go, JT. There's some inspiration for you. Right off the couch, 14-14. Yeah, he's like 15 years younger than me. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, I thought it was impressive. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. just just even having enough to, to get 30 plus 2. And I think I saw him toward the end of the um, second moto. He did get lapped, and I think at that point, maybe just as they were going by only, but at that point he definitely didn't look very aggressive. No, I no, mean, no. He was... He was using he was these. Pretty spent, I think. Right? Yeah, he was sitting down, coming up the hill, going to the wards at the back, and he would hit this one kicker, and it would force him to stand up. The rest of the <laughs> way, I was watching him. I was laughing with his father-in-law. How about how tired he looked? But, uh, but that's no. the way to do it. Like I was, I, I figuring he would get that tired. That's impressive to get those results. Yeah, yeah, fourteen, fourteen is pretty good. Uh, yeah. Nick Way came back sixteen, seventeen for for NYK. Tucker Hibbard, that's good. Twenty-four, twenty-one. Snowmobile God. Um, uh, what else? I need to. I think the whole sport needs to thank uh, Trey Kennard um, because every time we have an NBC moto, it's usually 
terrible. We've had the most, on an NBC day, we usually have the most epic first motos ever, and then the second moto sucks. So when Roxon was obviously on his way to getting the whole shot and taking off in the second moto, I was like, here we go. But then he made one mistake, and Trey got in front of him, mm-hmm. and Trey put up the fight of his life he did. for about 12 minutes. Yep. And anyone that's watching that thing, and we've talked about this TV deal over and over, the audience is three or four times bigger when it's on NBC compared mm-hmm. to any other cable network. Anyone that was watching those first couple laps had to be like, this is awesome. I mean, those dudes were scrubbing it, whipping it, side-by-side, passing each other back and forth. It was awesome. So big props to Kennard for, I mean, was he going to do it for 30-plus two? Was he going to hold him off and win the moto? Uh, Probably not. But he gave it everything he had. He's just got to find this consistency. Like, like it's, it's, it's fine to go down swinging like he did at Redbud and lose the race. And yep. go uh, two four, you know that's fine. But when you got the muddy creek, you're like, oh jeez, oh Trey, they beat you by a minute, you know. Like he told me that, and I know the bike's not a big deal. He told me that, you know, they've had some issues with the bike. Muddy creek brings out the worst of it. These other tracks it doesn't really matter so much. Please tell me the huge difference between Muddy Creek and High Point. Please point that out to me. There's not a lot. It was a lot ruddier. Eh, it, at, ruddier. Uh, Creek. Ruddier for sure. But, I mean, we're not talking Southwick to Hangtown, 1997 here. Well, you, maybe you should ask Trey Kennard. Yeah, but. You are the all-knowing Here we go. Guru. Here we go again. JT, they can't just say they got beat. They can't do it. It hurts their, it hurts their deal. It hurts their mind. It hurts their confidence. It's everything. So there's no difference in getting beat by a minute and a half and getting beat by 10 seconds or whatever? No, there is. Of course there is. But it's hard for riders to go, I got beat today. I just got beat. It's just, it's got to be something. It's got to be a trainer, a goggle, a bike, the boot, the sun, the the trophy girl. It's got to be something. On the days they get beat by a minute, I don't think Trey was using that or any other excuse yesterday. No, no. Well, I mean, well, he still got beat though, but he wasn't making an excuse for it. Yeah, no, and he went down. Yeah, and it was an admirable defeat. He he rode great. Oh, I thought yeah. you said they couldn't do that. You know, no. I'm saying when they get beat by a minute, when they get beat bad, bad. That you know, like it's in the riders are very have very hard time to look in the mirror. So, I agree. That is a huge element, and that definitely. There's no doubt. Oh, for sure it does, man. Like, yeah, just come not, out. But there's definitely exceptions. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on before we get into yeah, a yelling, a shouting match. Hey, okay, look. Back. Reminded me of, of I'm, uh, I'm super Ferry reading children's books at the hospital <laughs> for kids in Toronto years ago, putting the sport on his back. American hero. American yeah. hero. Yeah. Um, what? I'm confused, Weege, though. You said Sipes was on the Rockstar KTM team. He's not He's on their bike. He... Are you sure about that? I asked him. Okay. Because I was just, I asked Dave Gowan, and he was like, we're just helping him. He's just, you know, he's off the side of our truck. He's just, we're giving him some help. It wasn't like he is riding Millsaps' bike. That was not brought up. Did he not have his he, old he graphics on? He still has his graphics on. He still has graphics on, Weege. Said that they let him use his graphics, his sponsors. 
yeah. on their bike. He said it is not his bike. It is well, their bike. The, okay. the, I, I can believe that. Yeah, yeah. Just the mystery that. with this is just just phenomenal. Just I yeah. mean, I have and, no doubt that what what resources they have available to them are much better than what he has. So. Uh, yeah. oh, no matter what Mathis says, I'm sure the bike is probably better. Oh, in this case, I will say the bike is better. Absolutely. Oh, okay. We're talking I didn't to, know that that changed. Uh, we're talking to a privateer to a factory bike, or close okay. to a factory bike. Yes, it is better. Uh, when you're comparing a factory Honda to a factory Suzuki or a factory Cowie, yeah, I'll debate you on that. Um, I actually okay. did ask Canard. I said, dude, what is the deal with you guys? Like, I've never heard people talk about setup this year more than ever like i've never heard it like this i know it's always been important but what is the deal with you guys every week it's some guy set up was on set up was off i've never heard it so much and he's like he's like i don't know maybe in carmichael's day he was in so much better shape than everybody that it just didn't matter and everybody's just gonna get beat anyway so it really didn't matter but he's like i think all of us can pretty are pretty much in good enough shape to go the entire moto so now it's coming down to smaller things because fitness is just across the board everyone can do it I know when you talk to a lot of a lot when you talk to a lot of guys uh, after the races, fitness is not the problem. I just got tight. I'm in shape. I'm in shape. I got tight. I got tight. You know, and you're like, you're like, you just can't say you got tired. You know, like, I got tight. Very, very cynical. You are. I'm. Yeah. I mean, maybe I've been doing this too long. Maybe I need to stop. Maybe I need to go away. Now, some people are probably nodding right now, very happy. But I'm serious. Like. You know, stop telling me you got tight. I don't know what that means. So it means that they, yeah. you started. They started thinking too much. Their breathing got off. There's a lot of things that happen. Yeah, hold on too tight. Yeah, then they then they get tired because of all of that. All those symptoms lead yeah, to, yeah, to being tired. Not, yeah, it's different though. <laughs> wow. Well, nobody gets tired. Everybody gets tight. That is the new, the new slogan. That could be your slogan on the NBC shows, Weech. Motocross. Nobody gets tired. Everybody gets tight. We just get tight. <laughs> um, all right. Hey, uh, let's uh, let's take a commercial break here. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Use the code PulpMX, people, to save yourself money at uh, BTOsports.com. Like, for example, Weege, what would you order from BTOsports.com if you had to spend money on something tomorrow? Uh, I actually might, as a matter of fact. Oh. You bring this up. Yeah, I think I need a new set of handguards for the bike, so. Might be going on BTO Sports. Maybe even use the the, the Mathis code. Pulp MX saves you money with handguards. And JT, maybe you'll order some fly gear. Or maybe I order it. Yeah. I don't think I would order it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how was it? I, I implore Weege to though. How was the 2015 debut for you for fly racing? It's pretty awesome. Trey stepped up for us. That was good. Yeah. We, uh, you know, similar to when we launched the the. Vented gear, mesh gear at Daytona when we had a bunch of guys at the front. You know, that's obviously your yeah. dream is to have a guy leading the race. So Yeah, you had like three out of the top five one of those semis or something, didn't you, in Daytona? Yeah, crazy. we had, uh, right. I think, three or four in the last chance running around together. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, obviously. And if you're an uneducated uh, viewer, you just think it's a main race. You don't know. It's the LCQ. You're just like, well, oh, just, just the television. I don't care who, what race it is. Oh, just yeah. TV time. Having the, the product on the TV screen is the goal. So, Well, JT, next time oh. you order from BTOsports.com, use the code PulpMX to save yourself money. I'll think about it. And Foxhead.com, official gear uh, of Kenny Roxon and Ryan Dungey and many more racers out there. 2015 stuff uh, out pretty soon. And uh, Foxhead.com, we thank those guys. And listen to this Racetech commercial to save yourself money at Racetech. And we'll be right back. 
BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Racetech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Racetech suspension, and they've been around a long time, and their, their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people. At least uh, change your oil in your new bike. Use Racetech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Fee, the owner of Racetech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Race tech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back on the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Um, anything else with 450s or can we move to 250s? Do you have anything? Out for the day. What? Not good, Pike. Yeah, I mentioned that. Uh, JT, how was Killian Rusk for you? Uh, spectacular. On yeah, the fantasy team. Great day. Weed, you've never seen someone get so angry when riders don't do what they're supposed to do for fantasy moto than J- Jason Thomas <laughs> or Motocross of Nations or Motocross of Nations. Either one. The man gets. Oh, I didn't know about this donations bit. Oh, he was livid oh. last year. He was, oh. he was ready to reach out and strangle guys. Wow, I'll have no you, fury like riders underperforming at Motocross of Nations. <laughs> while, while JT is 10 feet away on yeah. the side of the track. Wow. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. Root, root for the home team. Oh, yeah. Oh. And then Fantasy uh, Moto, when, when he sees a guy just riding off the track, he's like, come on! Oh, I was very unhappy. <laughs> I knew that JT would be a tough contender uh, to, to deal with there. Back in his racing days, this is years ago, he was on IM, and he was saying, that he's not afraid to try to affect the results himself, if that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if I gotta make a couple of mistakes to let the guy that's on my fantasy team get by myself um, to help my fantasy team. Speaking and of fantasy, like, wow. speaking of fantasy, there's no other rider playing fantasy motocross that's <laughs> actually in the race and right. can actually affect the results. Right. Well, willing to do that. Do you think you know he did not have Stewart that night in Houston? He didn't have him. Would have never let that happen. But the guy the in, fix was on. The guy behind him had Stu. The guy behind him <laughs> he in points. Rose of motocross. Yeah. JT's like, here we go. Single, single. Oh! <laughs> ACL is a small price to pay for a couple it's, extra points. It's 47's down. It's Thomas. <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> it's Thomas. <laughs> uh, we need to get that call. Can we get that? I don't know, we need to record it's on it. YouTube. I've watched it uh, a couple million times, trying to get the views up. We, we need to. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to record that for the Pulp Show. I'm mean, we're going to play it every now and then. Um, speaking of fantasy moto, though, and and segueing into the 250 class, JT, there is a rider in, in, who came through big time for you in fantasy. In the 250 class, yes. Uh oh yeah, Erky Caro. Erky Caro. From I don't know who this person is, but <laughs> I owe him water or something. He small is from Estonia. He is from Estonia. 
He is. Is he? Yes. Oh, yep. I've been there. And uh, he went twenty-two, twenty-four, and he was a a red eighteen or something. He was killed it for very you. happy with his performance. Erky Caro, good job. My hats off to you, Erky. <laughs> uh, uh, that it's... honestly sounds like something Big James would say. <laughs> I can picture him saying Erky Cairo, but not for that guy's name. <laughs> like, that's probably what he calls Matt Gerky. Erky Cairo, 22-24, saving the day. Um, I went into this a little bit earlier, but uh, uh, JT, that was, like I said, Baggett's catching Martin. It is not looking good. The Baggett train is coming. And uh, full props to Jeremy Martin. Yeah, that was uh, the kind of ride we've been expecting from him, I guess, to bounce back. Uh, you just don't go from that good at the beginning of the season to just, you know, way off. You know, you knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when and yeah. how bad would the damage be by the time you, he came back, you know, and, and showed the form he once had. So, yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was a really, really important day for him. Um Certainly the, uh, you know, six-point swing with him and Webb was, you know, I, I felt like that could have, you know, certainly made it that much better. But when you look at him going into the day, all the momentum, all of the point swings and stuff that had gone on, and then you look at where mm-hmm. we left today, man, just an incredible turnaround for him and, and had to be a huge relief for him and his team. He really, uh, he was trying to get by Bogle in that second moto, and I felt like he was taking some different lines, and it cost him. Because Martin, Martin snuck by, and, you know, if he had just kind of waited, he doesn't know Bogle's going to jump off the track and cartwheel. But I'm saying, like, his rush to get by Bogle, which is fine and good, that's what you got to do, cost him the win maybe because Cooper snuck by and he just couldn't, couldn't make, it, make this pass back, you know? Well, but, he, he passed Webb originally. Yes, and if yeah. He, if yeah. he gets Bogle earlier, I think he's, he's got it covered. Takes I, I off, really right. believe that. But his inability to pass or Bogle's, mm-hmm. you know, prowess to hold him back there, I agree, 100% cost him the win. And he almost got him back at the end. You know, he made a run, but I don't think he would have ever been in that spot. I think he could have controlled the race yeah. if, if he had got by Bogle sooner. Impressive for Webb, though, 14-1. That's like a mid-80s, 125 national score. You see that, <laughs> you see that all the time. Schmidt won with – Donnie Schmidt won with a 7-1. Jamie Dobb, 14-1. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, one DNF, one year at Redbud, Dob. Um, yeah. Yep, so one thirty-five. Right. One of those. One of those. Uh, one of those days. But uh, oh, engineering Suzuki. Webb was great. Too bad. What about the Baggett Starling thing? Did you guys get that on TV, Weech? No. What is it? What, what is that? I saw it live. Yeah. Baggett. Baggett went down in the second moto because of Starling, a lapper. Who was on my fantasy team? Starling. Starling. <laughs> but yes. yeah, bummer that had to happen. That sucks. Wasn't really Starling's fault, but kind of was. I would lean uh, towards that. I mean, yes and no. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, he definitely wasn't trying to do anything on purpose. Oh, no. Just, no. I, I don't think he was fully aware, uh, maybe as aware as he should have been, of his surroundings. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the line he chose kind of cuts back across Baggett's line a little bit. And, and he was just sort of idling. He wasn't. Yeah. You know. he, he. It's really one of those things where either go fast, so they can predict where you're going or get off the track. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to, because for Baggett, he's trying to figure out where Starling's going, but he's riding at 30%. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to tell. 
what you're going to do, when you're going to be where. So, and unfortunately, Baggett went down because of it. So, Starling, Starling for you is the exact opposite of Erky Cairo. Uh, yes, I, yeah. I would say complete yeah. letdown on the day. Yes. <laughs> um, and then Baggett went down again. So, not not a great second moto for Blake. His, his starts, we've been talking about his starts, Weege. They looked like they were better. They were doing okay, and then they struck again. Yeah, well, the first moto, I'd say, was... Yeah, it was okay. Close yeah. to where he's yeah. been, and he, 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 he was where he needed to be. I mean, he was in position to win it, but... Uh, no, you know, I, 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 yeah, I'm specifically... T- I'm, the job. I'm talking about the, the second moto. Like, we just... Yeah, we I can't, mean, he must have been buried. I think he was, like, 14th or something. Yeah, we can't that, depend on his... We can't depend on his starts. If you're his in his fan club, you're, you're not like, ah, oh, we're fixed, we're good, you know? It's, it's always been that way. It's yeah. been that way with him forever. That's yeah. why... You know, even a couple of years ago when he was leading the points and he had a pretty solid year, it's still, like, stressful, like, to have to rely on that guy to be to pull off what he has to pull off every weekend. Mm-hmm. You're asking a lot every time. And it's like, well, here was an example. He rode awesome in the first moto, but it was just even that start was too much to overcome. Um, you know, you're just not going to be able to pass eight guys every single moto uh, every time. I want to go to uh, – Mathis, you were handling our Twitter this weekend, correct? Yes. All right, I want to tweet here from a fan. Oh, oh, geez. Well, yeah. I gotta say, I handled it until about ten minutes to go in the last moto of the day. No, this is a uh, two fifty moto one. Okay, that was me then. That's all me. Yep, yep. Give Back it to me. Tracks online. Do your lips ever get chapped from constantly blowing Baggett? <laughs> I think that's a valid question. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and and I surprisingly enough, I looked at the guy that tweeted this to mm-hmm. us. Um. He hashtagged uh, Jmart19. Yeah. Okay. Oh, a lot sure. of Minnesota Vikings talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure he's coming from a completely unbiased oh, absolutely. standpoint. Absolutely. Just yeah. Made the best man win. Right. 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 <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. Uh. Sorry, bro. Uh, uh, you know. I'll tell you what. There's some guys that are blocked from Racer X Online right now. I'll tell you that right now. Um. There's there's been there's been a few. So. Oh, you blocked some? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I would never block that guy for that comment. That's not a blockable comment. That's fine. Maybe he was a representative of Burt's Bees. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that guy who commented, I mean, that guy's a jackass for sure, but that's not a blockable comment. But there are comments that come in that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take the, the lead authority here, and uh, you do not get the privilege of reading RacerX online tweets anymore. So... I give you full permission. Now, I'm sure you're making these decisions. Like you said, this dude, this is a little ridiculous, but that's yeah. fine. No, no, it's not. Fans a, are allowed to say what they think. Yeah, it's not a blockable comment. Um, no. uh, the Minnesota fan, surprisingly, more yeah. more supportive of Jeremy Martin than Blake Baggett. Can I get a recap of Jeremy Martin's uh, press conference? I did not make it over there. I was pretty good. He really does a good job in there. I've noticed this for years. The 250 class generally has better racing. It's more exciting to watch, uh, partially because of just how they ride the bikes. They're just so much more aggressive, uh, and, and the pack is usually closer, too. And through the years, there's always 250 guys that are pretty laid back and funny and cool. It's like once every week gets to the 450 class, it's so damn serious, and there's mm-hmm. so much on the line that it weeds all that out. It's really unfortunate. So, um, you know, Martin's pretty new at this. It's only his second you know, full year as a pro, but... No, he's he's good in there. He makes fun of his parents and yep. Spring Creek every weekend. 
Um, you know, he said it really sucked going down in the first turn. He's like, I'm not going to lie, I got that taste of winning, and then I'm down in the first turn, and these last couple weekends have been bad, and that mm-hmm. hurts. Like, he didn't, didn't work his way around that. It was cool. And also, I might want to add, we had the quote of the year from Webb in his uh, podium speech on the TV show. Uh, George is asked, he's like, what is the relationship between you and your teammate? Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm not going to take him out to dinner, but I'll shake his hand. No, ah, okay. That was awesome. So I asked Martin in the press conference, I thought for a second, I mean, Bogle was going nuts trying to hold them off. Yeah. And Webb obviously was too. Webb had nothing to lose. He had to win that moto. He knows he lost a ton of points in the first one. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is there a, just a moment here where Martin's like, wait. If I finish second, I'm going to win the overall anyway. These guys are going insane. Yeah. I'm going to just let this ride out. Mm-hmm. So I thought he might have done that, and I asked him, and he said no. And he was – I'm going to paraphrase here, but he's basically like, yeah, I was just cruising back there in second, keeping up with Webb. No problem. <laughs> and then with two laps to go, I just closed in on him. No problem, but he held me off. <laughs> just want to make it seem like it didn't take much effort yeah. to, to stay with his teammate. Mm, yeah. Can we Good. talk about Cooper Webb's uh, podium quotes that are ever growing? <laughs> He's got more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, Those French don't want none. What really? Oh yeah. The French don't want none. Yeah, the, the, yep. the, yeah. They asked him about uh, with Purcell or Musk. No, Muscan. They said, "What about Muscan riding with yep. you and, and pressuring you?" Yeah, these French don't want none. Whoa. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Cool as crap last week. Cool as crap. He said uh, when Baggett was behind him in the second moto last week, there was no way he was going to let that joker get by him again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. When I get pissed off, I can do some damage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. The 250 class is awesome for this. How do you and guys – oh, sorry. Three years or four years from now, Cooper Webb will be in the 450 class, and you won't get any of it. Yeah, it'll be boring as shit, right. It'll be too – he'll say be something, it'll crap. explode. <laughs> it'll be boring as crap. Yeah. Um, Marvin Muskan gets second overall, and Jason Anderson gets third. I don't think either guy was the second or third fastest on the day, but for Anderson, whose bike blew up and crashed late in the race one time, you know, about time he got some something going for him to uh, to help him get a podium. And then Muskan, Muskan was good, four three on the day. Uh, there was times in the first moto before he tipped it over, or I don't know what he exactly did. Uh, he had the fastest lap times three or four laps in a row. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I think yep. maybe with the Anderson thing, but the Muscan thing, I think he yeah. was legit. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was a good ride by by the Frenchman. Um, I think Muscan was more pumped with that podium than even Martin was winning. It must have been a huge yeah sigh of relief for him. If you guys want, I think he, he wanted uh, some. I do, <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to hear something funny, uh, go to pulpmex.com. dot com. I don't know if you heard about this site, but uh, um, I interviewed Seeley and Wilson. And they came together in the first moto. And, yeah, it was pretty funny. Two guys, just different way, different outlooks of an exact same incident. Oh, they were going so, after each other. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely trying to kill each other. Yeah, Dean's like, you yeah. know, I know he's a little upset, but it's just racing, man. I had the inside. I thought when you had the inside, you controlled the track. Seeley's like, he just took me out, man. I don't know what he was doing. He just came together, came over on me. I don't know what he's doing. I was faster than him. I was all over him. He should have let me by. <laughs> So, interesting to see if that carries on, you know, the rest of the season or the next week or whatever. So, I like Dean's attitude, though. I talked to him, I talked to him for a little while after the race, and I interviewed him um, officially on the record. And, yeah, you know, like, 
former national champion, looked at as a guy that could win this title this year, and things didn't go his way again. But he's got a good attitude. He's like, man, these guys have been racing. I'm working hard. I think I'll be up there. But for now, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. So, you know, he's got a good attitude. Young I think, uh, this Canadian weekend, that, land. The, cla- the class was, the racing was really good in every moto, but especially it was tight in the 250s. I'd say there were probably eight or nine guys that could feel like, okay, at one point I saw the lead. They weren't just yarding me. Like mm-hmm. like we said, maybe Anderson and Moosegame weren't quite the second or third best guys, but they certainly weren't getting blown out. Yeah. And Wilson and Seeley and Justin Hill was up there for a little bit. Like, I think everyone could walk away saying, like, okay, I'm close. Just give me a week or two. Yeah. Um, did you guys hear a little bit? I heard from a few guys that it was hard to pass because it was so muddy kind of early. Everything got pushed off to the side and was really soft on the edges of the track. You kind of had to stay in the middle, and it made passing hard. But I don't know if you got, either one of you two heard that, but I heard that from a couple of guys, Chad Reed being one of them. I heard that from a couple guys at Redbud every year. It's like everybody likes Redbud so much, no one mm-hmm. really wants to say anything bad about it. Right. But I feel like it's the track's dirty little secret. Can anybody tell me why there was 41 guys in the 250 class? Really? Yeah. I was wondering the same thing. Not sure. 41 guys. Yep. Um, but nobody got 41st. Oh, no. No, they did. Kiesel got 41st, and Jesse Nelson got 41st. Okay, so, yeah. My bad. Keys also on my fantasy team. <laughs> he got a twentieth though. I don't know if that helped he did. you. I don't know if that he helped you or himself. not. Um Matt Lemoyne had a bad day. Erky Caro was right behind him. Strong. Um, yeah, it's uh, forty one guys, Weege. Do we know? No, I can figure out why. I'm sure we can get the answer to that somehow. No, figure it out. Ask somebody. Ask a uh, Canfield. Yeah. The only thing I can think of, I remember one year shorty. Straight up didn't qualify at Southwick. Yeah. And then there was a little known provisional rule in there, but I don't believe that was in play with any of these yeah, guys. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, uh, JT, I think it's going to be interesting to see Christophe Porcel's attitude the rest of the races, the rest of the way. This was a uh, big he blow. He hard the second moto, though. Well, yeah. You know, he rode okay. I mean, he didn't. I don't think he rode great, but he was trying hard. Is all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, but when he, I mean, you would think after he had a crash and to come back out in the second moto, that that was when I kind of thought that maybe he wouldn't be very good. But mm-hmm. he tried hard. I mean, he was battling with guys that he probably was like, uh, "Yeah, get away from me." Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're not as good as me. But he was fighting like he was yeah, trying hard. Yeah. So. Well, I just he's out. You know, it's a big blow to his title. So, gonna see how he reacts from here. French don't want none of this. Yeah. Alex Martin did well. He attributed to Phil not being there. His uh, his bosom buddy, Phil Nicoletti. So he's Black Cloud. He said Phil's Black Cloud was not around him. So. <laughs> and then I asked Phil about it. I said, uh, you should stay home more often. Look at look at Troll today. And Phil said, it's because of my, insp- my pre-race speech I gave him. So. I'm sure it was. Yeah, positive. Positive. on that speech. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This speech was something like, "Don't be a p word. Go balls out. Grab your balls. Grab your balls and do, do and do it, or grab your balls and race hard, or something like that." Good job, Phil. A real Rudy speech. Yeah. <laughs> um, what happened to Nelson in the second moto? Did you get the uh, Did you get the Amart uh, interview? By the way. <laughs> oh, I got that on lockdown. 
Oh, good. All right. I'm glad yeah. we got him covered. We yeah. never did. Never you get guys A-mark. did Chase get him? He probably did. I'm sure. Oh. I was saying you, you probably got a Phil interview, even though he didn't even race and wasn't even there. <laughs> I know, right? Probably still got it's it. It's like the Mutt and Jeff of the class. The classes they just hang out. They're in a van yeah. together. They're they're hanging out at the races. You could go. Anybody could go talk to those guys. We need to have more nationals. This is, this seems like backwards progress of the sport. We need to have more nationals that are two and a half hours away from a, from a huge airport because yeah. this is the first time all year the riders are actually hanging out after the race. Yeah, yeah. Did you actually see, find guys and talk to them? Did you see all the interviews I got? It was insane. Yeah, it was the same thing with me. Yeah. I, it was like a good hour after the motos. Oh, J- was JT hanging. was pissed. Oh yeah, because he was riding with me and he had to sit on the grass field for an hour. Yep. Yeah, it's awful. Interviewing riders after race to find out what happened. I know, right? I know. I no, 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 no. What happened was Steve said, hey, I, I went to go get my bag. He said, okay, I'm coming right now. Like, let's go. This was well after the race, by the way, well after the race. Yeah, let's go, okay? I'll wait for you there since I'm already walking out there. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm coming right now. No, no, that's, that's not what well, happened I at saw, all. I saw some riders. Yeah, he ended up coming an hour later, would not answer his phone. Would my, not text back. My phone so was I sat in a grass field. My battery was dead and it was charging back in the media tent. I didn't have it on me. It was it was dead as a doornail from tweeting for Racer X all day. And just blowing Blake, Blake Baggett. And blowing Blake Baggett, right, exactly. It's probably um, what you were doing during that hour. <laughs> Cunningham's had <laughs> a couple of good motos in the last four. Hill was back with ten eight. Bogle I got I am impressed with Bogle got back up. That was a good crash. Man, he's good, man. He's really impressed me. He's he's on the verge, man. He, I yep. think he's going to get a win before this is over. No, no, no. Anderson's got to get a win. Huh? I, I said Anderson was going to win this year. So there can only be enough room for one one new winner. I feel like on balance, Bogle, at least the last couple weeks, has been a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, I would say more than the last couple. Yeah, maybe all season, really. Not not Glenn Helen. Yeah, Anderson was on fire there. Yeah. Um. It is weird, Anderson was saying after the race, his starts in Supercross are really good. I mean, I know that he was making those last lap passes for the win, but he often got the lead, lost it, and then got it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, I don't know what the difference is. Starts, he really hasn't had a good start in almost any, maybe one moto this year, yeah. too. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, Bogle is definitely the classic results don't show um, yeah, yeah. how well he rode. Um. Weege, new, new, let's move on to the word of the week. Can we do that? Sure. You got cracked pepper in. You got accoutrement in, right? Yeah, all in one fell swoop. JT and I discussed this on the drive back to Chicago. Of course. We had a little bonding dinner at some Mexican place in a strip mall in the middle of Indiana. Well known for their Mexican food. Actually wasn't bad, was it, JT? It was actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I can't, oh, man, I would have run that. Can't, can't deny it. Um, big talk, lots of talk about this word. Uh, um, we came up with one we think, we're, we, we think you're going to struggle with. We don't see this one happening. Turkey gobbler. Yeah, I'm genuinely worried. Like you guys told me last night, I'm genuinely worried. Turkey gobbler. I, I've thought about it for the last day. Usually <laughs> it comes to me pretty quick. Right. This is not going to be easy. In fact, I'm considering saying it's supposed to be word, not words. No. Okay, gobbler. If if it's if it's that much of an issue, you work in gobbler. Oh, gobbler's easy. I don't even think that's 
See, that's why I'm on the fence on this. I think gobbler becomes too easy. Turkey gobbler degree of difficulty just mm-hmm. gone way up. I don't know if I don't know if you have your phone on when you're doing this show, but Twitter just blows up whenever you drop the word. There's more oh, res- yeah, I see. yeah, it does go crazy. Yeah, there's more it response to you getting the word than there is on the racing on the track. <laughs> yeah, it is just it is incredible it's how like, fun people are. It's it's like Stu's P E D thing and then the word of the day. Those are the two things that have made my Twitter light up. <laughs> so I dude, I keep forgetting till the final mode of the day, like it was getting dangerous. I just thought you'd like to toy with us. No, it, it's this is not by design. Um, I thought I'm not going to try to throw it in in the moto. We have Villapoto. Uh, I'm not going to throw right. it in on an NBC show, uh, which only leaves me at the first 250 moto, and then I forgot, and then I'm down to one. Ugh. Yeah, it was scary. Well, turkey gobbler, bro. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Do it. Do it. I'll, I'll I'll come up with something. I'm not going to go down without a fight. (laughs) (laughs) Firm whale is on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. Man, hey, I meant a lot. What I'm worried is, when I I did reveal eventually the TV crew that Chupacabra was just something Ping came up with, and I had to say it. Uh It wasn't any sort of brilliance in any way, shape, or form. Um, I, I I don't even know if I'm allowed to do this. Like, I don't know if they would think it's like, I just keep it totally secret. There's no one involved that knows. <laughs> and I think sometimes they're like, where do you come up with this stuff? And I'm like, I am I allowed to tell them? Ten, <laughs> ten, there's 10,000 people who know who listen to this show, but uh, nobody on the TV crew. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't even retweet. If you notice, I don't retweet or even really respond. Yeah, 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 yeah. For fear of <laughs> You're just good. toying with these TV shows? Well, look, if you get canned, Langston will take over no. and do the do the, do both, do the whole thing. <laughs> At some point, somebody made the joke during lunch. Somebody made the joke. You think Filippoto's going to be able to do all four motos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we, there might come a day when you need a replacement in there, in that trailer. There might actually come a day. I think it's just experience. I mean, GL has been pulling this off. <laughs> For 15 years. What? When it counts, when it's go time, he never lets you down. Weege, what did he tell us when he was a team manager at, at Wit Racing on Bourbon Street? What was the team's motto? I don't think we can say it on the show. I mean... I will, I'll bleep myself. Can I bleep myself? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, say we it. I'll, ble- I'll say it and I'll bleep it up. No, I'm not going to rely on your bleeping. Are you kidding me? No, I got a bleep. I got a bleep function. Can you bleep it live so I can hear it? What? Or are you going to bleep it after the fact? I bleep it after. I don't trust you. <laughs> okay. I have to rely on you remembering to go back and bleep it. I just wrote the timestamp down. Now I'm now I'm behind on the timestamp because we spent that. 20 minutes. Said, Our team motto is, we don't bleep around, we buy around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Starting to believe otherwise. Like, it's gonna, there's going to come a day where... Uh, Bondo or someone's going to go, where's Langston? Where's Langston? And he's just gone. Gone. <laughs> I, it's, like, it's, just like, it's like I said, it's experience. Yeah. I mean, we saw Chad Reed do amazing things on a motorcycle. That's true. These guys, just know, these guys know what they're doing. They are professionals. Chad Reed won a Supercross title with a blood alcohol limit of <laughs> probably point zero. Could have got a DUI. Could have got a DUI. Yeah, could have got a DUI. Had Bodner been there with a, with a spot check, 
<laughs> he definitely would not have not have passed at times. <laughs> we were hanging out at Reed's with Reed last Friday night, asking him about the stew thing because we figured he'd have an opinion. Oh, really? Um, you think he would? Yeah, and some I don't know. It rambled on for like four hours. We covered like every topic under the sun, and at some point he was asking me to ask you, JT, just how little riding he was doing during that 08 season. He's like, I was there doing was nothing. None. I was doing nothing. He's like, absolutely nothing. Ask JT. Ask JT. I was doing nothing. <laughs> he, you know what? He actually was working pretty hard until uh, Stu got hurt. Then it was went to zero for I don't know. Wait, didn't weeks Stu, or so. Stu got hurt the second race of the year. <laughs> Stu got hurt the second race of the year, didn't he? That year? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm okay. talking about preseason. Oh, preseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ten yeah. weeks. Yeah, ten weeks or so of uh, nothing. And then Wyndham got a little close, and he was like, yeah, oh. And then, and then when he hurt himself at uh, at Detroit, once he was able to come back and Wyndham had kind of gotten back in the picture, then he took it pretty serious the last, whatever, three weeks or whatever that he could ride. But there was a solid two-month span. Yeah. Solid two months of I would wake up, go riding at his track, come home, go hang out with him at his house while he had been doing nothing but hanging out. Uh, I would go train in the afternoon, bicycle or whatever. He would continue to hang out and then repeat the next day, every day, until it was time to go to the next race. Yeah. And then he would go in on the weekend. Yeah. And I would yep. get 12. I mean, there were more than a few times where people were like, Chad, you, you, you need to be at riders meeting. You need to be there. <laughs> You're going to get fined if you don't show up. So He was trying to sober up at that point. <laughs> He needed what? to be there to learn how the provisional rule works. When's, when's practice? It's 12.30. All right, wake me up at 12.15. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, it was funny. He said, uh, he's like, yeah, man, Carmichael. Was, I think we were talking about McGrath, who had said, McGrath recently in the interview said, like, I don't understand what Villapota's problem is. You know, you're, you're making tons of money and you're winning yeah. races in the awesomest sport in the world. How could you not be having fun? And we were all like, uh, Reed's like, McGrath wasn't doing nearly the stuff that Villapoto has to do. And I think everyone pretty much agrees with that. That's him. a good point. That's a good point, for sure. I mean, McGrath and Emig were, I'm sure there were days where McGrath was training and Moto and down. I'm not saying he didn't do anything, but there were also days where they were at the river. Yeah. I don't think there's any river days in the Aldenbaker program. <laughs> you, don't think? you don't think there's river days? I don't think river days are in. So, uh, so well, I don't like, even think. Go ahead. Sorry. There's river days, but they're swimming. They're swimming the river. <laughs> In the river day. <laughs> I just don't think that the. I think Jeremy rode and you know he got in shape and all that, but I don't think I don't think the average person realizes how in depth and how much they're doing. Like it's not a good time. It's really not. No, no definitely not. Yeah, Cincerillo is probably as into the sport of motocross as anyone on earth. Like he's not just a rider. He he loves this, and he told me he's like, yeah, nothing about this is fun. This is what he wanted. This is his dream. This is what he grew up wanting to do. Yeah. And he's doing it. And he's like, yeah, it's just not fun. There was an article in uh, Red Bull has that magazine, the Red Bulletin, and they had an article on Roxon, and they explained what his diet is, and it's like, it doesn't even make sense. I think it's pretty much like he can go and graze in the field every once in a while, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but all this is all allowed. Yeah. Well, you look at RV, you know, he's been off the diet for six weeks. And significantly heavier yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it was a big change. <laughs> so, getting back to what I was saying, Reed was like, yeah, 
those guys had fun back in the day where they were winning, and Carmichael had to come and ruin it all. He's like, I did my best. Like, I did my best to try to <laughs> swing it back the other direction. And Langston, while he was drinking wine, was also saying he did his best? Yes. yes. <laughs> that, was, that was last Friday night. Oh, the guy's epic, man. <laughs> He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess right, he, missed a, he told me he had to miss a meeting because of RCU. That's why he yeah, missed. Yeah, he was doing RCU on Wednesday, and that's when we happened to have our conference call. Yeah. But at least they knew that. Like, so, they knew, oh, he's probably not going to be on the call. So he missed a meeting one week out of six because he was doing something. Yeah, the other ones. <laughs> the other ones, who knows, man. Oh, uh, good times. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, and by the way, I, I give Reed full credit now. Like, Langston and I were drinking wine that Reed had on his rig last Friday night. But Reed himself was sitting there with us. There was a cup. There was a glass of wine. Go ahead and have it. Nope. Yeah. It's not like that for Chad right now. He told me on Sunday morning or Saturday morning I was I was hanging out with him a little bit in his truck and he said I I've I've been on the no fun bus. So, <laughs> you know, he's he's been working hard. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm that's why I I just I'm asking JT when we need to be concerned. I mean, do you if think things he may- aren't better yeah, by July 19th? Yes. Things will get real. Okay. Uh <laughs> Chisholm will have, will have a friend. <laughs> <laughs> the fun bus will be back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. They might actually commandeer a bus on Friday nights and run people <laughs> over in the pit. Uh, yeah. What's what's after um, July nineteenth? It's Unadilla, Indiana. Shugles the next weekend. Oh, okay. So yeah, taste of taste of Portland that Moser always goes to will be going on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a beer festival, I think, in Portland Friday night. All right, everybody. Uh, BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Anything else? Are we done? Um, are we- hey, as far as the 250, 250 title, did it massively affect the day as far as like points are concerned? Or is it just, I mean, it was also performance for Martin to bounce back. He needed it. He, he proved it. That changes things. But in general, like Baggett lost some ground. Does it matter? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a this is a big statement, man. That's why I asked at the beginning who what was more impressive because this was a big statement. He if Baggett had passed him in that first moto. Oh man. You know? I think it was a big huge mental statement and uh and it's on now. And look at um Melville's coming up for him. So if he can just, you know, fight off this uh Webb and Baggett trained to Millville. He can he can put himself in a good spot there. Then he's got four left after that, you know. So and he's got almost a modal. I think he's got a modal lead right now. He's got it's twenty three and twenty seven over yeah. those two. So Webb in second, almost a modal lead. So I, I, we could almost start doing the math. He just needs to go two two. <laughs> I know you like that, Weege. You're big on that. Well, I look at it. He went from seven and seventeen to twenty three and twenty seven. That's that's a pretty big day. When it had been going completely opposite off the rails the other way to turn it around and take it from seven to 23. It was a pretty nice day. I think to prove that point, the, the lead is almost exactly what it was again before muddy Creek. It's almost like he completely got every single point back. Nothing more, nothing less. It was complete makeup day. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's exactly what it was within a point or two for both Webb and Baggett. So like forget last weekend, he, he fixed it. And it's impressive by Webb to have such a shitty first moto, you know, go down, crash, um, get 14th, and then, you know, just be 
mentally strong enough to be like, that doesn't matter. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm going to win. You know what I mean? Like it was, I was, yeah. he showed something too. So yep. that was, that was an impressive, impressive deal by Cooper Webb also. So. Oh, I also enjoyed Martin in the, um, another good one from the press conference. You know, there, there was that double there at the bottom of the ski jump, which mm-hmm. is, I think new this year. Was anybody ever jumping that before? Mm, it was just no, a, t- it was a new, that was a new yeah. section. Yeah. Right. So, um, Rob Bidas, who hosts the press conference, asked him about jumping that. And he said, you just go and you just take off on it. That's what Bobby Regan tells me. That's how you jump it. You just go and you just hit it and you just fly. <laughs> that's what Bobby always tells me. That's how you jump jumps. Just go and fly. Yeah. That just sounds, go for it. I think I heard that in some motocross schools for sure over the years. Just do it. Just, just do it. Um, yeah, Martin <laughs> wasn't doing it. He said in the past that Bobby's gone his case and say, what you have to do in Supercross is jump every one of the big rhythm sections every lap. That's the way you have to do it. <laughs> The in the first moto, Baggett was doing it, and Martin was not. Second moto, yeah, Martin, he gained a ton of time there. Yeah, and then the second moto, Martin uh, stepped up and did it. So again, another another impressive reason. Well, Bobby told him how to do it. Yeah, exactly. You right. Gotta go for it. Just let it fly and just jump it. All right, you jerkies, uh, Turkey Gobbler Weege, Turkey Gobbler. Oh man. Uh, thank you guys for uh, coming on. Appreciate it. Red Bud wrap up. Bud's Creek this weekend. Who can forget? Two thousand and three first moto, Tim Ferry. Winning at Butts Creek, I I heard they're going to do something for it at halftime, but that's, that's just the rumor. Hey JT, is Butts Creek your uh, career career high? It was, it was oh. fifth overall, beating Tim Ferry, who was sixth overall. Oh, not the day when I wrenched for Suck him. It, no, when I wrenched for him, we win. That's what we did. Yeah, we won. You win or your bike breaks. The bike did not break. The bike well, did not break. Did break in the moto he won. It did break in the moto he win. He won exactly, and he still won. While the muffler blew apart, the quality GYTR product that also broke on Chad Reed at Millville later that year um, yep. blew apart. So it's it's awesome because I've got a few mechanic friends that you know they remember the moto, and when I bring it up and you know obviously brag, they're like. Yeah, but your muffler fell apart or fell off. <laughs> At this point, ten years later, it's fell off. My muffler fell off. So I don't even—I don't even have like a clean win. I can't even brag about a clean win, you know. So won a moto Unadilla one year, second moto in the mechanics area. Beryllium breaks, bro. I know. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks very much. Uh, appreciate it. Talk to you. Talk to you soon. See you. Bye. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone 
even harder, jump farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days they're fools they're different bikes different times the beast from the east damon bradshaw it got to the point where i didn't want to leave home and once i got to the race i wasn't into it if i wasn't going to give 100 percent, i'm not going to take their money the working class hero doug henry it was definitely an emotional moment for me just thinking to myself that's it you know and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride and you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years come.